This is the Good Things Guy podcast with myself, Brendan DeCube, South Africa's very own Good Things Guy. I'm on a mission to change what the world pays attention to. I truly believe that there's good news all around us, and I spend my time hunting down and reporting on the best good news stories from South Africa and the world. In the Good Things Guy podcast, you'll meet these everyday heroes and hear their incredible stories. Welcome back to another episode and I'm so excited to have Karen Denny in studio with us speaking about an incredible campaign that has been helping regular South Africans, ordinary South Africans during COVID-19. It was driven by Liberty and the digital marketing team, but it was really, it began because of something that Karen, you saw on Facebook. What exactly happened? So I just, you know, just kind of during COVID and, and just before COVID during that time, and I'm on this group called The Village, a lot of moms will know about it. And it was this woman who obviously anonymously posted through Vanessa around the fact that she had been violated by a man and that she'd raised this with her family. And she felt really alone and really desperate. She'd been retrenched and just life had just thrown everything at her. And she, you know, I think as well, the strength it takes to ask for help is huge. And there was just something in the way that she she wrote about her needs. She wasn't looking for handouts. She was just looking for guidance. As much as everything had happened, she asked for guidance, like who could she speak to? Where could she go? She felt that no one in her circle supported her. She felt that no one in her family understood. And this community of women and men, actually, because there are some men on the village, actually came in support. And I got hold of the Drive Hope Squad. And I was like, guys, there's definitely something we could do. And it really just catapulted from there. You know, the essence of Drive Hope was we were in a position to help people. We heard about you know, all these secret centers and, and, and things that, you know, different people do over Christmas time and you send in submissions. But what we wanted to do was we wanted to try find a way to help kind of Joe blogs on the street. This wasn't about a massive need for cash. We weren't going to try and, you know, help people who needed hundreds and thousands of rands. We really wanted to show up for people in their most vulnerable times where there was just too much month at the end of the money. It was times where people just couldn't afford school shoes, but they, you know, they weren't eligible to ask for help from a charity. And, you know, life had just thrown curveballs as it does. And so we felt that the way that we could really demonstrate some of the new positioning work we were working on at the time of really kind of showing that liberty is with you. It's not just about, you know, selling policies and, and covering your risk and kind of doing all those kinds of things. But it was really trying to demonstrate the fact that we're here, we're in a position to help you and how can we help those who are genuinely in need but just can't benefit from the bigger charities that do phenomenal work in this country so that i mean that's one of the biggest things that i had to try wrap my head around during the start of covid and ongoing it's been 320 odd days that we've been in this lockdown in south africa and somewhere somehow we as good things guy became this middleman between people who were desperately needing either food or help. They were emailing us and messaging us and our Facebook was just so busy. All these messages continuously coming through from people that were helpless in our country. And that's been one of the biggest things for me to wrap my head around is how much need there is. I mean, you said a couple of seconds ago about too much month at the end of your money, which is is exactly what it is. There are people, and I'm sure there are many people that are listening to this podcast right now who have family and friends who are going through really traumatic times that perhaps they've lost their jobs, they've lost their incomes. 
and they're not talking about it. This is not something that we openly discuss. And for you, 100%. for you and the Liberty Group to create this, it's a hashtag drive hope is what it is. And you guys are driving hope by helping it, the smallest things are sometimes the biggest things, really. 100%. That's what you've tapped into. So we actually started this kind of before January last year. And, and one of the things that was really important for us is that we didn't want to go out and kind of help everyone else. Um, it was our intent, but we really felt that charity started at home. And so we actually drove it internally for a good two and a half, three months before we even kind of started uh, trying to help the public. Because, you know, again, even within our four walls, we needed people to really believe in our brand and believe that we're helping. And we wanted to try kind of get people to, to come to us and ask for help. And we spend so much time with our colleagues. And so there's often those unkind of known stories that I might just speak to kind of my bestie at work around the fact that I may be struggling or I need a little bit extra help this month. And so we really felt that those little initiatives really gave people a lot of heart, a lot of hope. And from there, it's just, you know, it's just been organic. We've never gone on a big advertising drive around saying, you know, rah, rah, mail us. It's just been that. And I suppose the biggest good thing that's come out of it is the, the sense of pay it forward. So people who have been helped have nominated others. And that might be their colleague, it might be a friend, it might be someone in their community, in their church, in their school, etc. And so there's this real good feel good of the fact that South Africans at heart, just they just really want to do good. Uh, and we're, we're really fortunate to be in a position to be able to enable that. I want to ask what has been like one, and I know we spoke when we started the show about the initial post that pulled at the heartstrings. So I'm going to ask what has been another story that has come out of this. But, I'm, but before I do that, I, I need to add this in. So you talk about paid forward and you talk about South Africans doing good and how they really want to do good. A big brand in South Africa tweeted and they pulled me into the tweet about this uh, restaurant in Springs that gives away like a pay it forward campaign where they stick the receipts on the wall. And, and I was like, wow, that's incredible. I need to write about the story. That's absolutely epic. And I did a bit of research and it was in fact Springs in Los Angeles. I didn't even know that there was a Springs in Los Angeles. But then I thought, <laughs> why is this not happening in South Africa? Like, why are we not helping each other? Why are we not going into restaurants and paying it forward. And I landed up finding a place in four ways that actually does it, that actually does it. And when I put up the post that I would be writing about it, there was this almost backlash that I got from, from readers going, there's no way that would work in South Africa. There's no way that people would allow paying it forward to become a thing or they would abuse it. And I interviewed this, this coffee shop and let me tell you, the way that, I mean, he even said when he started the Pay It Forward campaign that he thought it would be abused, that people would come in and grab free food every day, and they haven't. And I, I think it could almost be the same for you guys, that you've seen, has there been abuse? Have people tried to take advantage of this beautiful idea that you came up with? To be honest, Ben, no. And I think this is the fascinating thing about us. And it was one of the core insights when we started working on this on this project was the fact that it was kind of during the time of the Rugby World Cup when we all got swept up in the furore that was that. But I think in South Africa, it certainly kind of challenges me daily. We have so much mismanagement in government. We have so many negative news stories that kind of break our airwaves all the time. And there's every reason to believe we kind of, you know, there's no rainbow at the end of it. And yet there's always these stories of, 
humanity and of hope. And it really was a thing of going, people are doing rad good things every single day. The difference is, Africa, is that we generally don't stand on our soapboxes and shout about it. And so even in this program, I was really clear with our partners around the fact that we needed that sense of humility. This is not us going out like, look at us, we're awesome because we're doing this. That's not what we want. You know, we want people to recognize that at the heart of why we're doing this is because we're really good people and we have the means to try help. And that has always been our driving force. And if you look at it and you look and you, if you really want to find good stories about humans doing great work, troll Facebook, because I promise you, there are so many organizations and humans and individuals in their communities that are doing good, whether it's that they, their kids make sandwiches every weekend to go drop off at the corner, you know, like we all kind of did at lockdown, we ended up buying a whole lot of groceries and just kind of drops it off at, at the guys waiting at the robot and stuff. There are all these stories that keep going kind of round and round and round. And yes, I think there are going to be times of abuse. We personally haven't felt it. We have a, a very strict vetting process as well, very strict criteria that we try to stick to. So, you know, from that perspective, we haven't been caught. We're obviously super diligent with it. But I genuinely believe at the core of because which makes us different to everyone else, is this ability to still believe and to still believe there's good in people and there's, there's hope. And if I can just do one little thing to make someone smile today, then actually... I feel really good. And that's where the Drive Hope Squad, it's a group of about eight people in the team, are phenomenal. They actually, they phone people up, you know, oftentimes you'll get like, oh, stuff got stolen, please can you give me a flat screen TV because I need to keep my kids entertained. And whilst we recognize that need, that's not at the core of what we're doing. So what we did in that case was we actually went and we trade doored the entire house so that this stuff didn't get stolen moving forward. So we really go back to the core of who we are. We, we're focused on humanity. We have some driving forces around what kind of constitutes where we will help, you know, things around humanity, the thing, the education, being able to have food, water, a roof over your head, warmth, those kind of basic needs, which we actually take for granted in many of our situations are things that people are struggling for. And those are kind of some of our driving forces around where we try help. Um, we've also been quite strict around trying to give tangibles. So very rarely do we give money because we would rather buy the stuff for you. But then COVID hits <laughs> and our whole team had to pivot in terms of how could we still make Drive Hope happen from the safety of our homes? Because we certainly didn't want to be seen to be flouting the rules and, and kind of going against government's restrictions either. So there we partnered with a, a wonderful organization who helped us with food vouchers and the ability for us to actually pre-buy a whole lot of vouchers for people to go and buy food and necessities and that. So during COVID, like you said earlier, the biggest need was food. And I think what struck me the most was despite so much great work being done by organizations in this country, by humans, by individuals, by communities, by neighbors, there is still this overarching constant need to please help me feed my family. And that for me is really sad in terms of the fact that people are just clamoring for food. It's heartbreaking. And, and I've been on the receiving end of those messages of people who are desperate or incredibly desperate. So I need to Absolutely. thank you for the work that you do. But I have to tell all our, our listeners that Corin wasn't lying when they said they don't speak about what they are doing. It's taken me about six weeks to get this incredible human being on the other side of a microphone because um, they're busy doing the actual work and they're not standing on soapboxes and talking about it. So, you know, the stuff that you're doing is absolutely phenomenal. Something that you said, which I actually didn't know, I thought that this was started for COVID. This was started before COVID. So this was just liberty being nice. 
Absolutely. It actually started, it's probably been a year and a half in the works. It actually started from a big piece of branding that we did in the CBD. As you know, the CBD is quite run down uh, and we were trying to find ways to uplift the CBD and, and uplift the area around us. And we had a, we put a big billboard up in the Southern Life building and we did this massive big installation of lights and, and cameras and kind of illuminations. It was really cool. And it was really around the thought about how could we be a beacon of hope to South Africa's. Uh, and when we started, uh, you know, kudos must go to my team at VML. We sat and we brainstormed around the fact that how do we be this beacon of light? How do we actually show that liberty is kind of leading from the front? But we were very clear that we actually needed to do it within our community first. And only then could it spread out. We certainly couldn't go out and say, hey, South Africa, here we are. We really needed to show tangible proof points of us actually doing good and being decent humans within our community, within our surrounds, and hopefully that news would spread organically. You know, from being in agencies, everyone's like, oh, let's be viral. And this was <laughs> one of those things. Where, you know, one of the worst things ever. One of the worst things Let's ever. go viral. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, for me, I, I believe these kinds of initiatives, those initiatives that do go viral are things that are grown organically, that are grown from a good place. And if we just look at how we've grown and the coverage we've received and the good that we've done and the lives that we've impacted, it just really gives you a warm and fuzzy feeling. We wish we could help everybody, but unfortunately the money is finite and we certainly try to find ways to help as many people as we can, as opposed to just kind of focusing on one cause, because we just kind of feel that that's more important to, to show that no need is unaccounted for. I mean, we've done things, simple things of making sure we've sorted our school shoes for the year. We had a case last year where we, we helped a, a woman with sanitary wear for the year. You know, these are basic needs that I certainly took for granted before I started seeing these requests. And the fact that, you know, people don't have basic water, food, sanitary wear just to get through life is just crazy. So we've gone from really small kind of acts of good uh, and we've done a couple of really, you know, bigger ones where we felt that they justified and we, we contributed to someone who needed a new wheelchair to get around to do their job. So, you know, those are the things that when we look at, we look at all of it and we really try help as many people as we can within our means. Tell me, I, I mean, I asked you and then I went off on a tangent. So we'll get back to that. One of the most heartwarming things that's, that has happened. I mean, you, you've touched on sanitary wear, which I, that's not heartwarming. That's, that's terribly sad that someone doesn't have basic necessities but something really heartwarming during this time that you've been through that you've helped give our listeners something like that I think that she's you know Brent there are so many stories and everyone is just every week I came in with the drive home team because I, like I don't know how they read those stories every week and still kind of hold it all together because they, they all have full-time day jobs as well this is a part of it I think the story that got me the most was last year, there was a woman who uh, contacted us who was really struggling through lockdown, had lost her job. Well, we subsequently had found out that she had lost her job. She was struggling to make ends meet. She was a single mom, but she had a neighbor who unfortunately um, is terminally ill. She's got three children, single mom. And she'd obviously been helping out, cooking meals and looking after her and found out that the bank was about to repossess their house and their home. The kids were struggling, didn't have access to psychological care. This woman really needed to go into hospice, but they didn't know kind of what to do with the children. And she kind of, she asked for help around what could we do? How could we help her? And for me, it was so heartwarming because it actually only came out probably around the sixth or seventh phone call around the fact that this woman herself had lost her job during COVID and that she was a single mom and how she had put her needs and taken what she had had 
to help this other family. And the only reason she reached out to us was because she had nothing left. And for me, that's that paid forward. That's that South African generosity. And the fact that in her heart, she just felt helping someone else was just more important than her her pressing needs of her and her her daughter. So we actually, we did. We ended up helping her ask as well. And it just, it kind of just grew organically from there. So that for me is probably one of the stories that we've been able to impact the most and kind of the indirect impact we have on helping more than just one human. You know, if we look at it, you know, we've in the past in 2020, we impacted over 4,400 people. So these are people who indirectly benefited from our assistance. It wasn't just about, oh, let's just help you. You know, it was, how do we kind of spread that love? Like, who are you helping to kind of get through this time? That number's huge. And I think during this COVID time, when we've had all these numbers, these vast numbers in the millions thrown at us, we've forgotten how important, I mean, 4,400 people that you've helped is massive. That, that's a huge, yeah. huge number. I mean, where does most of the requests come from? Is it just from social media? Are people phoning you? Are they emailing you? How are these requests coming through? So most of them actually through our email address. So um, drivehope.liberty.coza and they get managed uh, by our Drive Hope squad. And like I said, we've never done advertising. We haven't gone kind of shouted from the rooftops. We obviously, throughout this, we started off internally. So we put a call out to our internal staff around, you know, who did you know in your circle who may be in need? And then it's just grown from there. And it's actually fascinating how we haven't put out a call for it. I think we've done one or two press articles or social media stuff. And we we particularly did it around um, Nelson Mandela Day and the 60-day initiative where we committed to 60 acts of kindness. And that was the first time we'd actually put the email address out. And so it's just actually gone organically, you know, in terms of people continuing to submit requests to us. During COVID itself, and obviously this whole lockdown, I can tell you that over 50% of all funds that we've allocated has actually been to the provision of food uh, and the provision of basic supplies. And that is just enormous if you look at the gravity. So I think what's really helped is that people aren't coming to us asking for I use these are flat screen TVs and a new car and a, they're really coming to us for basics. And I think that's the most heart-wrenching of it all. School fees, food, water, shoes, clothing, sanitary supplies. I mean, it's just, it's insane that people have to, to beg for what really is, is basics to survive. The biggest thing that I, again, I've learned many things over lockdown, but the biggest thing is, is that community is the backbone of society. And the way that we rise is by lifting each other, really. And this project that you came up with before COVID hit, that you've implemented and that you're still actioning is really massive for South Africa and for South Africans. And I I just want to applaud you and the team and thank you for the, I'm sure you've got a day job. Like this is adding on to what you need to do and just before we started the podcast you and I were talking about how tough it is you we working 16 hours a day sometimes because we're working from home and we're stuck in front of our screen and you're still finding the heart to help and give back you and your team so I just want to thank you for all that hard work you do and yeah if you can just give us that email address again for some of our listeners maybe they maybe there's someone in in their their own lives that they want to help or feels could benefit from the help that you're offering? 100% Ben. It's drivehope at liberty.coza. You know, one of the most phenomenal things for me out of this year is this is just, it's not a once-off campaign, guys. It's not, 
we thought it was a good thing. We obviously launched our new positioning last year about being in it with you. We want to be humane. It's all about humanity. This, you know, when we sat last year in strategy and budget discussions, this is a program that's continuing. This is not a once-off that we did in 2020 or during COVID. This is something that we've secured funds. We will be continuing the program as long as we absolutely can. And I can tell you we committed to it for 2021. So it will be running throughout 2021 as well. That makes me really excited. And I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be a little bit happier, um, have a little bit of weight removed off their shoulders. We're all going through a horrible trauma right now. And I I tend to tweet this quite often, but um, we don't talk about Fight Club because the first rule is you don't talk about Fight Club. But um, if you need help, if you're in a need of assistance, reach out. That's reach out, whether it's to you guys at Liberty or even to family and friends. I think it's important to open up these conversations so that we know what's going on in our lives. Don't keep it bottled in. We're all dealing with this. And, and yes, we will rise together. That's it. Wishing you only good things. And for more good things, visit www.goodthingsguy.com. Okay? Love you. Bye.